Yeah, there, there's so many opportunities on the business side of sports, you know. And again, we tend to think of marketing. It's usually kind of, it's kind of like one of the, oh man, that's kind of really cool to, you know, the, yeah. you know, marketing. And I'm dealing with the consumers, and I'm out in the public a lot. And so there's there's that side of it, sponsorship sales, ticket sales, all those things that are kind of external facing, consumer facing, and things are really cool. But what people don't see what happens operationally behind the scenes you have a team of people those jobs that i just mentioned that are again more you know outward external facing versus the internal team accounting finance but you know the guys that make the the facility run so whether it's the electricians or the painters or the carpenters yeah. traffic planning and logistics is a big part of what we do uh, as well so those are the jobs that people don't see but you need them to make the event and to make the facility function. We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I'm Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. Two shows in a row, Mike. Well, you know. You made it. Two shows in a row. No, <laughs> no, no. We, we're glad to have you here, Mike. Thanks for uh, joining us again for That's, your second consecutive appearance. I feel, I feel welcome. In a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. That is the goal here. And uh, today we are on campus. We are on campus, right? Is campus correct? We're on yeah. the Richmond Raceway campus here talking to somebody that you might be familiar with, uh, associated with Richmond Raceway and, and moderately important to how everything. Moderately important? <laughs> moderately important <laughs> yeah, to how everything. Is a little hot yeah, way. your mic is a little hot there, Mike. You get a little excited sometimes. <laughs> moderately important to everything that they have going on here operations wise, but we'll get to him in a second. But first, I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com. All the awesome programs we offer there from all the different career clusters. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find our podcast on or all of the major podcast venues and most of the minor ones. Please uh, check us out. You can find us. Just type in Henrico CTE. Yeah, Henrico CTE podcast. Henrico CTE now. There you go. See, CTE I told you. Now this is the first time doing podcast. consecutive ones yeah. in a while. We got them. We got oh to shake gosh. off some of the. <laughs> you gotta get the cobwebs out. There you go. So, um, and then like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Yep. So they don't don't miss it. Like and subscribe. We post a, a semi monthly. I guess you would call it. Yeah, maybe. we're up to eighty one. This is our fourth season. We just started our fourth season. Yep. We're growing and getting the word out about the awesome things CTE has in store for you and uh, your student brother sister. Whoever wants to take advantage of CTE. And the parents. And the parents. They're listening to it more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the demographics. Yeah, if you look at the demographics, we, we do mostly have a, a, a parent audience. All right, guys, without further ado here, let's go ahead and get to our feature presentation. Sitting across from me and Mike, actually, in this beautiful conference room, by the way. Um, really, really fancy stuff here. Top-notch stuff here. Mr. Dennis Bickmeyer, president of Richmond Raceway. Thank you so much uh, for being on Henrico CTE Now, a huge supporter of the career technical education programs here in Henrico County. And let me ask you why, Dennis. Why is that important to support CTE here from your position as the president of Richmond Raceway? Well, it really comes from two areas, one personal and one professional. On the personal side, I had two older brothers that went to uh, vocational school 
where we grew up in Ohio. Um, both of them were carpenters. And then uh, one brother retired from carpentry and then got his teaching certificate and went back and taught at that vocational school and oh, taught, wow. taught carpentry there and, and then retired from that. So he's had two <laughs> careers. And then my other brother that also went through the carpentry program then went on and got a welding certificate and worked in a power plant back home right along the Ohio River. So it's close to our heart, you know, with, with my family, with my brothers and what they've been able to do. I'm not very good with my hands. They got that gene. I did not. Um, so when they come to visit me here in Richmond, they're always fixing something around my house too. So that's pretty cool. But then the other thing, just from the professional side, is just seeing the impact that training young people in certain trades or getting them prepared for their next career move or their next step in their life, whether it's going on to a two-year institution or a four-year institution or out into the workforce, is extremely important for all of us. I mean, probably gotten even more important over the last two years when we've been battling through this COVID time and we see a lot of job opportunities that are out there for kids. And so giving them the opportunity for practical experience, I think, is, is absolutely key to keep our economy moving and, and keep our businesses running. Yeah, the, the economy moving, business running, and uh, most importantly, students in jobs where they can make a, a decent wage. That's a that's a huge part of it for us, uh, right, Mike? I mean, making sure the students come out successful with certifications and find a, a decent career path that they don't mind waking up and, and getting involved in every day. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing when you get to see, you know, from our end and, and working with the students and then researching all this information about how lucrative a lot of these career paths that we're offering are to these students. And then to talk to the students four or five years down the road and see how successful they are because of what they got with us. You know, whether you're going to a two-year, four-year institution or going straight into the workforce, how successful they are within a few short years because they brought a lot along with them that they learned through the CT program. And whether it's just specific trade skills or whether it's getting them ready for college or, or just the, the soft skills that we, we stress a lot. Without those, it's hard to get to get out there in the workforce and get started working for somebody. And, and a lot of the businesses are looking for those skills and then they will train you. Yeah. And, and, but it's, and they, I think they really appreciate the fact that we're, that's part of what their education is. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about here at Heracle CTE. But uh, Dennis, I mentioned that you are a huge supporter. Going to have the career rodeo here very soon. Why do you think events like the career rodeo are important? I also have to uh, preface that by saying that you also held our completion ceremonies various times yep. where we celebrate our students and getting certification. So why is an event like the Career Rodeo, and if you're not familiar with the Career Rodeo for our listening audience, it's a reverse career fair where we will have the students, have our, ver- our students at various stations, and we'll have employers come out and visit and get a chance to look at and talk to our students and even interview our students while they're demonstrating some of the skills that they're learning right now as we speak in the classroom. So uh, back to the question, why are events like the Career Rodeo important? Well, it's really a two-way street. You know, as you guys mentioned, it's the opportunity for the kids to showcase their talents. And so I remember the first time you guys did it a few years ago, I was like, this is really cool. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, so the kids are there doing what they do. And then employers have the opportunity, as you said, to be able to to watch them, to interview them, to take a resume. Yeah. Um, so it's just great to make that connection. There's a lot of ways to apply for jobs out there. But there's a, a unique way to get your resume to the top or, in this case, have that one-on-one personal connection with a potential employer or potential employee. So I like the hands-on aspect of it. It's a lot better to, to see somebody, to look them in the eye, 
and see what they're all about as opposed to trying to read, you know, a resume that's come in on an email or off a job site or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit hard to get all you need to get about a person in a resume summary. Yeah. <laughs> you I know was, what I mean? I was surprised how many business owners versus them sending somebody out, how many business owners showed up to meet the students and see them showing off their skills right after how many of them requested the um Requesting resumes, oh, the resumes, the resumes. Yep. That's the word. I just lost, I just heard it and then I lost it. <laughs> How many re- resumes were it? requested of those students? It was hundreds, hundreds of resumes just rolling in, getting phone calls coming in, and emails going. I met this young man, a young woman, and I want their resume. I think that really does speak to, uh, you know, not only the interest of the business, but the type of students that we are putting out there in the world uh, that businesses felt like, hey, yeah, they'll be ready to work for me. Tomorrow, oh, yeah. as soon as they walk across that stage, they'll be able to to give me what I need. An instant impact player. That reminds me, we had one student that was hired on the spot. I yep, forgot we about did. that. That we one had student, one hired, student hired on the spot. Took the words right out of my mouth, Mike. Right there. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going with that story. But uh, no, thank you so much, really, Dennis, uh, for supporting career, career and technical education uh, in this in this fashion. But let's talk a little bit about you. All right, President of Richmond Raceway. What is it like? What's an average day like? And I know we have to use that word average, right, uh, carefully here, because I'm sure there's like no average day. But if you can give <laughs> us a summary, what's it like being the president of a, uh, a raceway in NASCAR? Well, there certainly aren't any average days. This is a busy facility. Until recently, we've sold off some land, but, you know, over 1,100 acres at one point, And we're changing the facility a little bit with, with some, some land sales that we're, that we're doing. Really, it falls into a couple of different buckets. Fortunately, I'm, uh, I feel very lucky to, to be the one that gets to lead a, a really hardworking group that we have here to, to take care of this property. But it's interesting when you look at our NASCAR schedule, our racing schedule is two weekends. So people are like, two weekends? What the heck you do the rest of the year? Well, <laughs> I've worked the Super Bowl. I've worked a Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I've worked a couple Final Fours in my career. Preparing for these two NASCAR races here at Richmond Raceway are as big as staging those events. It's just NASCAR does it 36 times a year. Yeah. So every every venue, every city, every you know locality that they go into, it's a big event. And we are always preparing for the upcoming race. It's just that this race this year is falling a little earlier, April 1st to the 3rd. So we are knee-deep in preparation. So that's getting the facility ready. That's marketing the event. That's selling tickets. That's selling sponsorships. All the stuff that goes on putting a weekend together. So, you know, fortunately, we've got some really good department heads and, you know, those departments that I just mentioned and just an amazing team of people, not all housed here at Richmond. Some are in Charlotte, some are in Daytona in our corporate office that help us execute this race weekend. Then the other thing is we have two other lines of business here. So we have the, the amphitheater where we've hosted graduations, but we brought that amphitheater back to life a few years ago. It sat dormant for about 10 years and Really kind of saw it as a, you know, a little bit of a gem that just needed to have a little shine put on it and some vision to bring it back to life. And we did 15 concerts last year. And we'll <laughs> probably, awesome. do, probably do that many again this year. So, I mean, we're well on our way to, to more than 15 shows. So there's a lot of planning, execution that goes along with those, a lot of deal-making, negotiations that go along with bringing acts here. Fortunately, we've got a really good partner, uh, AEG Live and the Bowery Group that we work with. They do what they do really well. They book the talent. They run the back of house. We do what we do well. The front of the house, get the facility ready, security, all that stuff, and it's a really good partnership. And then the third line is our trade show businesses that we have here. So 
we have a couple hundred thousand square feet of space under roof. We're not a convention center. We've got a beautiful convention center downtown. They have what they do. They book meetings and conventions and things, and they do heads and beds. You know, that's an important part of their business model. For us, it's about trade shows. And, you know, whether it was the boat show that was here last week or the RV show the week before that, we've found a little bit of a niche in doing that. So, so no average day here in particular, <laughs> especially when you're running three different businesses here. Yeah. So, but again, a lot of it just goes back to the leadership part of it. You know, when you have really good people and you can let them do what they do, provide the vision and the guidance, I think is probably the most important. I think the, uh, the next uh, logical question here is, when do you find time to sleep <laughs> <laughs> or play golf? No. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you um, seem pretty busy, man. Yeah, I don't, busy. I don't get to play golf enough. Um, and, and then, like I said, trying to work all the family activities in there with the, you know, three kids that are really busy in sports. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it just comes down to, or- to organization. Yeah. They can't see me, but I'm pointing to my, my mobile phone here. You're never really out of the office. Um, Not that, anymore. That no. phone's been a game changer <laughs> for us. I see so, you got the smartwatch too. So yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I'm easy to get a hold of, but again, I, fortunately, I think we're we're pretty well structured, pretty well organized here to be able to handle the workload that we have. You mentioned that you did a couple of Super Bowls or one Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls are we talking? Worked, and uh, take worked, us down your career yeah, path as well. I worked one Super Bowl when I was out in LA. So this kind of ties back to what you guys are doing in preparing students for their next chapter. So for me, I use the word practical experience. So when I was in college, I got an undergrad degree in journalism, public relations, but I knew I wanted to get in sports and I knew I wanted to go to grad school in in sports management. And at that time, 30 plus years ago, sports management schools, there there weren't that many of them. There were a few and the ones that, that, that were were really good. Now they're popping up everywhere. Right down here at VCU, yeah. Center for Sport Leadership is fantastic. Yep. JMU's got a really good program. So we're very fortunate here in the, in the Commonwealth to have a couple of universities with really good programs. But when I was going through it, you know, Ohio University was the first of its kind in the country for sports management, had the best reputation, was the hardest to get in. I did my undergrad there, and I was fortunate enough to, to be able to get into the grad school there. What I did during my undergrad was I volunteered in the athletic department. And that's what I tell young people all the time. Like, go find that experience. Go work an event. Go be part of a team. We we use that word collaboration so much now Yeah. that when you're in high school, you work on a school project together, you're working as a team, you got to be able to show those skills that, that you can work in a team setting and everything. So I volunteered in the athletic department. I think that really helped me get into grad school because it showed that I was willing to do whatever it took to to get into the business, and it's a tough business to get in. From there, I got an internship with the LA Dodgers, started out spring training in Florida, had one more quarter of grad school to go, and they're like, go finish your master's degree. You don't want to be a quarter short and not finish. Go finish. We'll hold the rest of your internship out in LA. That was nice Just of them. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to do that, but fortunately, I feel like they saw something in me, made, you know, work ethic, whatever that was, and to make that, that available to me, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for it. So I ended up in L.A. and to finish out my internship and had an aunt and uncle who owned a drapery business out there. And they put a roof over my head and, and gave me an old drapery truck to drive <laughs> that broke down like every three weeks. But my uncle told me all the time that through all that, I was building character. There you go. So uh, he was teaching me some lessons. But again, I, I think that just shows you you can't do it without having a, a good team of people around you as well. Family, friends, supporters, things like that. So that internship... And, and why I'm kind of taking so long on this is no, you're good. My, my first full-time job was an, in, is an interesting story that I like to share with people. 
the L.A. Rams were playing out there in Anaheim. Um, and two games in. Now, this was the first rendition the, of the, the LA Rams. Absolutely, yeah. I got to yeah, point that out. Absolutely. LA again this You're time. right. Yeah, they left and came back. And I could have gone, but I didn't. So, anyways, two games into the 1989 season, uh, they had a changeover in their public relations department. So, the PR director at the Rams called his counterpart at the Dodgers and said, I had to make a change. I have an opening. We're two games into the season, about to be a third game, of which, you know, if you know your, your Rams football history eric dickerson was a great player for the la rams kind of fell out of favor went to the colts well he was coming back for that third game so it was a kind of a media circus anyway yeah, i can imagine that week. but he said i don't have time to train anybody and this kind of goes back to everything that we've talked about with cte it's like i need somebody that i can just plug in right now mike williams who was the dodgers pr director told his counterpart john he's like i got i got a guy for you Sent me down there on a Tuesday to interview, hired me on a Thursday. I was working the game that Sunday. I mean, that's just wow. how it happened. And and I couldn't have gotten to that point without good training, you know, without constantly raising my hand yeah. to like, I'll do that. You, you know, hey, we need somebody to do whatever it is. Photo, I'll do it. To just continue to show that work ethic and willingness to to, to learn and, and to be part of something. So that that really was what launched my career. I mean, I've been in sports my entire career, like I said, 30-plus years. So interestingly, fast forward, didn't go to St. Louis with the Rams, ended up working for the Big West Conference as their sports information director. Went to work for the Anaheim Angels baseball team and the Mighty Ducks. We were owned by the Walt Disney Company at the time, and I was actually in community relations, so I'd gotten kind of out of the day-to-day communications PR side of the business and was working with nonprofits and charities and getting our athletes, our players out in the community, making hospital visits, just yeah. you know, doing things to make an impact in our community, which I absolutely love. Well, while working for for the Angels and the Ducks, another friend from the Dodgers took a job as the PR director at California Speedway in 1997. Brand new racetrack that Roger Penske built, and, and it was the first time that NASCAR racing was coming back to the Southern California market in 10 years. Same thing. He's like, hey, I need a bunch of help. And so he called on some of his PR friends to come out and volunteer. Never been to a NASCAR race in my life. Absolutely fell in love with it. So I volunteered for Jay three races in 97, three races in 98, two races in 99. He got promoted. I was right there. He's just like, you know, you know us. We know you. Plugged me right in. And this so, is on the back of volunteer work that you yeah, got this opportunity. I, yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. I had my day job. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing my day job, working for the Angels and the Mighty Ducks and working in our community. And when he had races, I'd take a day off or two and go out there and help him as a volunteer. I wasn't getting paid. But what what was I doing, though? I was expanding my network. Yeah. I was learning new skills. I was meeting new people. So kind of the same thing. It just it just happened. So I, I, I love sharing those stories, especially with young people, to know that to work hard, how you carry yourself, and people recognize that. And I really got a couple of jobs without much of an interview. You know, it was really like, hey, this guy's got the experience. He's got the desire. Let's plug him in. And then I've been in motorsports ever since. So just uh, been able to grow from public relations and sales and marketing to guest services to, you know, where I am today. So I love sharing those stories. Um, no, thank you for yeah, sharing. No, Seriously. I appreciate it. Thank you. Because uh, the next thing I'm going to ask is uh, sports marketing and really sports management sort of falls into our business management career cluster. Is that something, obviously, you're not opposed to early exposure and getting experience uh, just based on hearing that wonderful anecdote that you just shared. With that in mind, why might taking a marketing class or a sports marketing class in high school be important? 
Well, I mean, certainly if you want to get in this business, so much revolves around being able to market your product. So it's interesting. We tell everybody here at the racetrack, we're all marketers. It doesn't matter if your job is in marketing or if your job is an electrician here because it all goes back to serving your clients, your customers, and providing a really good experience for them. So all of us are, A, representing the logo that's on our shirt. Yeah, so with that, I mean, the opportunity to understand what goes behind marketing event, selling tickets, uh, branding, all that stuff, licensing is all really important because so much of the business revolves around that day-to-day. I may be getting ahead of one of your questions, but I will say this, too, about young people who have an opportunity to take business classes. I mentioned earlier, I'm not a numbers person. I ran as far away from accounting and finance (laughs) as you possibly can. But one other piece of advice that I give young people is don't do that. Like for me, it Uh had to be on the job training. You gotta really have an understanding of accounting and finance. It's a business. So people like look at it like, oh man, you work in sports, it's so much fun. Yes, it is. But sports is big, big business. I mean, there's a reason there's billion-dollar TV contracts out there and million, multi-million-dollar sponsorship deals and everything, and you have to understand how the business side of it works. So, like I said, I, I ducked accounting and finance every, every opportunity. <laughs> but it was I chasing could. you. <laughs> but at some point, as I, if I was going to advance in my yeah. career, I had to sit down and develop a budget, and I had to live by that budget. So I got an opportunity when I was working for the Big West, the associate commissioner who oversaw all of our accounting, pulled out a piece of the budget and said, here, you manage this to kind of get me acclimated to the numbers side of it. And now I probably, going back to the day in the life of a president, I probably spend more time With the on numbers. the accounting finance <laughs> side than, than the other sides of the business that I really, really like. But let's, let's actually stick with that, though. Um, how were you able to turn that dislike from math into uh, somewhat, oh, I can tolerate this at least uh, to be, you know, at least enough to be good at my job. Because well, people don't was, like math. Math gets required. a bad rap. He, his aqua- it was required. He had to, considering his position. But I mean, you know, he could have you know, he could have well, done toler- something else. Tolerate's but. a good word, actually. I, I, I'm going to remember that one. Um, well, if, you, if you're dealing with, an, you're, if you've got a lead accountant, you need to understand what he's telling you, at least. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. But you better have a good lead accountant, and that's where... And, that, that and was you don't be, know he's good unless you know what he's yeah. doing. That was going to be the answer to my question. I, you know, fortunate to have worked with some really good accounting folks that can still educate me, and they do. And, and, and I tell them all the time, like, look, you have to make me comfortable with the numbers. <laughs> so, but on the flip side, why why I think I'm good for them since I don't I mean I got a better understanding for it now is I ask a lot of questions. So, I think that helps them as well. Back to talking about the the students and how they, there can be an impact here. Try and give them a background on you when you were in high school. Did you know what you wanted to do when you were in high school, or did that happen in college? And did you take any CTE courses while you were in high school? Um, I did not take any CTE courses, at least that I would think were recognized that way. I mean, back then, I mean, I mean, you look at typing and computers were just, you know, starting. I mean, they used to be these big boxy things, right? So we tried to learn our way around a, you know, a CPU. Is that? Am I using that? Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the, the technically, I mean, as of right now, th- those are actually yeah, fall ty- under CTE. Typing yeah. falls under yeah. CTE. Any business course, anything any but like music course? and language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that case, yes. Um, but you know, home ec, I didn't do draft and things like that. But they were available, you know. Um, but for me, 
um, the, the answer to the first part of your question is like, yeah, like I knew I wanted to work in sports. I had a passion for sports. I think so many of us do. There's only a small percentage of folks that are ever going to make it professionally as athletes. Yeah, the funnel gets really, really thin. It does. And <clears throat> interestingly, the sports management schools, in particular Ohio University, which was the first of its kind, it was it was brought online. It, it, it came about because of some vision that that Walter O'Malley, who owned the Dodgers back in Brooklyn, had and having a conversation with a professor friend of his who was going from a university in New York to Ohio University. And it was, we can't continue to take, the, the, the business of sports is getting so big. I mean, so you think, go all the way back to the 50s now, and he's thinking way ahead. Yeah. The business of sports is getting so big that we can't take former coaches, managers, and players from the field and plug them in the front office bar, uh, you know, jobs. We have to go out and professionally train young people to manage sports. That's where the program was built. It's the same foundation well, Dennis, as CTE. That's what I was about to say. It sounds almost identical to what's going on now with, uh, with hands-on work. We have so many people, except for the fact that we have so many people that were in those positions that are now aging out. So we're trying to find a way to uh, make those things popular and attractive to the students that are, are in the course now. But they, they sound almost identical in story. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. And again, you go back and you look again foundationally why the school was was came online was again to professionally train young people, which yeah. is exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah, you had to fill a need, that is for sure. And then staying close to sports is a a reason that a lot of our students take sports medicine. But why might sports management be a good way to stay close to sports that you love? Yeah, there's there's so many opportunities on the business side of sports, you know. And again, we tend to think of marketing. It's usually kind of, kind of like one of the oh man, that's kind of really cool to you know the, yeah. you know marketing, and I'm dealing with the consumers, and I'm out in the public a lot. And so there's there's that side of it, sponsorship sales, ticket sales, all those things that are kind of um, external facing, consumer facing, and things are really cool. But what people don't see are what happens operationally behind the scenes. You know, um, so we, you know, you, you have a team of people, those jobs that I just mentioned that are, again, more, you know, outward, external facing versus the internal team, accounting, finance. But, you know, the guys that make the, the facility run, so whether it's the electricians or the painters or the carpenters, yeah. um, you know, traffic planning and logistics uh, is a big part of what we do uh, as well. So those are the jobs that people don't see, but, you you need them um, to make the event and to make the facility function. I think that's what students need to realize is that when they think about it's like when we talk to the students and they, and they say, I want to play a sport, I'm going to play football, I'm going to play basketball. And, and we try and say, well, what is your, what are all the other options around there? If you don't make the NFL, if you're not going to make it in the NBA, what else can you do? And they don't realize. Yeah how how many things feed into any of these sports organizations how many careers and you just went through yeah. a pretty good list right there i mean uh, just a list of just different departments that are, mm -hmm. are needed to not only help uh, the richmond raceway when they are worried you know when they're getting ready for races and when they're putting on races but just daily operational stuff that yeah. they need to stay afloat and i will tell you this too and i think this kind of ties back to some of the computer conversation we just had one of the biggest well, the two biggest emerging uh, areas for jobs in sports right now is data analytics. Knowing your customer better today than you did yesterday. I mean, we have a whole team at NASCAR that just focuses on consumer analytics. 
and buying habits and you know and and in this digital age like you know what made somebody open up a, an email or click on an ad versus you know one that they got maybe a week or so ago was it the image what you know I mean, it's it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, um, how do you find that next fan? Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. So for young people, again, you know, look at the data analytics side of the business, and then the other uh, just emerging um, kind of buzzword in sports. It's always kind of been there, but now they've given it a name: event experience. You know, we used to just you know do a lot of things to entertain our fans, but now it's a whole department based on event experience. And it's really, as we say here at Richmond, it's driveway to driveway. So what what have we done to prepare you to come to Richmond Raceway, to arm you with all the information you need about the day, and then once you get here, show you a good time, and then when you get back to your driveway, you're like, man, that was worth the price. I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) Hey, so Dennis, let's actually expand on that a little bit, though. Event experience, it's funny. I was literally just having that conversation about baseball in the office about people like ah, I don't necessarily like to watch baseball but I'll go to a Nationals game so let's talk about event experience what do you guys do to make those moments memorable and what kind of positions are associated with assisting in event event experience yeah so um, the way we look at it is the race on the racetracks the culmination of a great day at the racetrack right so what happens before that there's stages with music there are stages where we bring drivers out for Q&As. There's autograph sessions. There's music. There's food. I mean, you know, everything that kind of makes Richmond great is what we try to bring to the racetrack. Um, you know, Richmond's a very festival-centric town. We just like to be the biggest festival in town. So that's kind of how we approach it. Um, so if you look at what makes a festival great, what makes the state fair great or the county fair great, that's what we try to incorporate over the course of a couple of days. And then to get people connected with our athletes, because unlike a team that's here playing, you know, 80 games or 60 games or whatever, our athletes come into town just a couple times a year. So the racetrack is where the sport connects. It's where the fans connect to the sport is at the racetrack. So, so again, we do all these other events on top of the event, which is the racing that goes on. Um, and then the jobs that are associated with that, again, you go back to – event planning, logistics, uh, just things like that that, um, that that bring kind of the festival part of it to life. Is there anything new that y'all have come up recently that you can say, you know, that when it comes to that, that experience, that fan experience or event experience that y'all have come up with that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this was well, very successful. Well, our, our wow happened when we cut the ribbon on our new infield in September of 2018. Yeah. And we yeah. actually had some of the CTE kids come out i remember i was out here yeah while the construction was in progress and something that mac and i talked about it's like you know why not have the kids come out and actually see the trades you know listening audience huge supporter of cte yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that that one probably has been one of our biggest wows um not just because it's new but we build it around the vision of um putting the fans right back in the heart of the sport, which is A, right in the infield, but B, it's really in the garages. And the garages became a place where we the fans kind of got removed a little bit more and then a little bit more. We put them right back in there, and we built a fan side of the garage and then a competitor side of the garage. And you're literally an arm's length away on an elevated walkway. And what's really cool is going back to those authentic connections that we try to make. Drivers are coming over, talking to the fans, signing autographs. 
crew members are coming over, fans are asking them questions like, hey, what's in your toolbox, you know, or why are you doing that, you know? So then they engage them in conversation, and we just kind of sit back and like, yes, like that's exactly what we wanted that's to happen. That's the experience we're trying to the bring. The really cool thing is that two other racetracks, Talladega and Phoenix, um, they've copied our, our layout. Oh, that's so great. That's, so they've had some, some, and, some construction, new construction, and they've added that layout. Yeah, and if you've never been in the infield, whether it was the previous infield or the current one, when you think about the Richmond track, it's a small track, and they have basically utilized every little bit of space they possibly could to get to do this to pull this off i mean it is it i got to see it when it was under construction i've seen it since it's amazing what they've done out there i appreciate for the fans but again thank you so much for uh supporting our students in that fashion but you mentioned uh uh, being close to the garage let's talk about some of the careers inside of the the garage we offer some uh uh, programs that are related to the auto uh, the auto area um so uh automotive technician diesel technician uh, auto body uh, we offer those things. So what are some jobs associated with that that I could tell the students about? Maybe if they're listening to it, yeah. they can be excited about. You, you just ripped them off right there, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, the the mechanic side of it. Um, <clears throat> engineering overall. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon to, you know, when a car pulls in, you know, you hook a laptop up to the, you know, and you get wheel temperatures and all brakes and all kinds of things. Um, because this this sport is advanced from a technology standpoint, so you got to keep up with the technology. But all those things, I mean, the ability to wrench on a car, uh, to to make repairs, you know, on the body of the car. It, it, so all of those are 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 opportunities. And and a lot of students, you know, have gone on to the the tech centers that you know. There's a NASCAR tech center yeah. and stuff, and they're 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 down there training after high school, the the next level of mechanics and things to work on these race cars. Um, so those are definitely really, really good opportunities um, for the students. And, and really, my my f- first real big involvement with CTE came right here at the racetrack when we had uh, a 18- or 19-year-old Sam Hunt from Chesterfield was here testing his car and, um, you know, talked to Mac, and we brought some of the auto mechanic kids over. Yeah. And so here's this 18-year-old racing, you know, driving a race car, in one of the lower series, I think it was the K&N East series at the time. And here are these students, you know, about the same age. He's in the garage, got the hood up. He's talking to the kids about the engine and everything. We didn't have to do anything. We just <laughs> stood back there and just let them go. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, wait a minute, we're on to something here. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you got a young racer talking to students about the car and what's making the car go and how he's trying to make it go faster. Like, this is like really cool, and that was kind of the first l- real launching pad for our relationship with with CTE. Yeah, and and Mike, think about the impression you take away, and many of our kids are around that same age, and you see someone out there doing well, and you see how their profession might even relate to the profession that you're interested in. It can only be positive that yeah, reaction. It it connect it, it creates that connection where the student can say. They, they look at that person going, I could do that. I know I can. Because before you can see, oh, that's, that's unreachable. You know, it's like it's easy to find somebody who's in sports. Everybody who's in, into sports, go, I'm going to be the next big NBA player. I'm going to be the next NFL yeah. player. If they've got – there's that confidence there that isn't in a lot of students when it comes to their careers. But when they get this hand, this one-on-one experience with somebody who's there, that confidence like this young driver, yep. and go, I see myself doing that. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dennis, I don't want to hold you too long, man. Uh, I got one more question for you, and then we'll turn you loose. Do you guys offer internships, apprenticeships? Uh, what are some information on, on that that uh, maybe you could share here on the program? We do. So we have a couple 10-month um, internships. Um, you know, a lot of those are focused on the college kids, as I mentioned yeah. earlier, through the um, sports management programs and things. We do a lot of smaller internships as well. Uh, we have students that are looking for you know, not just a practical experience, but maybe they need to get a couple credit hours or something. And, and most of our departments are open to interns. Um, you know, again, it, it doesn't have to be on the trade side. It could certainly be on the accounting side, um, sales, marketing side. So, yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is to, to contact us here at the Raceway, myself or, or my assistant, Jackie. Jackie's the office manager, so she runs point on a lot of those things and happy to get you guys that information if you have any inquiries. Uh, for internships and then a lot of it too is uh is could be event weekend based as well i know for the for the high school students it's probably a little more difficult to take a multi-month you know internship or something you know during the school year but think about race weekend and how you could come and volunteer and be part of the race weekend experience because a lot of that is a to learn b to get something on your resume as well to separate you from everybody else who's out there trying to find the job that you want as well it's it's competitive out there um, so that's why I think what you guys are doing from a training standpoint, the soft skills that you mentioned are really important as well. Learning how to, you know, learning how to interview yeah. is, oh, yeah. is, is an absolute key, um, as well. So, so yes, short answer. Yes, we do have internships. We have volunteer opportunities as well. Um, some of those are a little bit shorter term around race weekends. Um, and then we also have, um, well, we're kind of building it back. Obviously, after the last two years, it's been it's been on a hiatus. But as things, <clears throat> excuse me, start opening up a little bit more and more, we were really successful with what we called a having a street team, and and really it was we would go out to a ton of events with the pace car, and we have some interactive games and Richmond being a festival centric town, trying to be <laughs> yeah. out there. Like you see our you see our partners over at the Squirrels. They're out a lot of places. We're out at a lot of places. Um, so then we, we, you know, hire some, some young people to, to go out and represent us out in the community. So there's an opportunity as well. Yeah. That sounds like a great opportunity for, and I, honestly, um, I have a mass communications major, came from Virginia state university. And one of the, uh, first opportunities I got, I want to say when I was a, maybe a junior was on somebody's street team. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So street teams are, are a great way to break into, uh, the business, uh, um, whatever business, anybody's communications, uh department for sure but i want to say thank you so much dennis for being on the show uh before i go i want to remind you guys check us out facebook youtube twitter instagram all at the handle henrico cte check out henrico cte.com learn about all the awesome business careers we offer learn about the automotive related uh careers that we offer and the many many other things that we offer mike tell them where they can find the podcast you can find the podcast on all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues download the app your favorite app uh, look us up like and subscribe don't miss an episode don't miss an episode we uh update semi-monthly bi-weekly whatever you want to call it 11 o'clock a.m sharp <laughs> eastern it works out the same <laughs> in definition i'm sure but uh that's it for us here for mike roberts for dennis bickmeyer i'm rashawn garner this has been henrico cte now until next time so long everyone